my favorite covert escape and evasion kit. Let's talk tactics. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hey there, welcome everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And welcome to podcast episode number 185. Now, if this is your first time joining us and you'd like more tactical firearms training, self-defense training, and survival tips, then make sure that you subscribe to our podcast using the link on our website. And for this episode, don't bother taking any notes because we've done all the work for you with our handy-dandy little cheat sheet that you can pick up for free at www.mcsmagazine.com slash 185. Now, this week's episode is actually a follow-up from last week's episode where I interviewed former CIA agent Jason Hansen on, well, it was actually a personal request that I had because my son is getting ready to go overseas on a school trip and he doesn't have daddy there to protect him. Now, he's 16 years old, or he's going to be 16 actually on this trip, and and he's been well-trained, so he has skills and he has he has little bit of gear on him as well that he's bringing to help him in an escape and evasion scenario. And uh, But I'm daddy freaking out, so I asked for Jason's help in coming up with a plan for how to better prepare my son for an overseas trip to be able to escape and evade should he have to if things break out into civil unrest in that location or if he's kidnapped or something like that. Now, this is not just a paranoid father, well, maybe it's a little bit of paranoid father syndrome, but... The thing is, is that especially when you're traveling to unknown areas, whether that's overseas or even domestically, you're in an area where other people, other predators, or if it is a civil unrest situation or something like that that you walk into, especially in another country, might be political conflict there or whatever, then these are, these are skills that you really should have. And they're ones that most people don't get training on. So Jason really helped out. And I love, he had a lot of great advice that really helped me out personally to better prepare my son. Now, when he, uh, when he was talking with us, one of the things that I offered during our interview was an escape and evasion kit that I was preparing my son for that was very covert because obviously you, you want to be the gray man wherever you go. You don't want to, you don't want everything that you carry or wear or whatever to scream hey, I'm a tourist, or hey, I'm a U.S. citizen, come target me, or, or I'm a prepper, or anything like that. You want to be covert. And one of the things that I talked about during the interview was this uh, this Velcro patch kit that I was putting together for my son. And we had a lot of people that were asking more about that, because I really didn't go into too much detail about it um, during the during the interview. So I thought, well, we've had enough requests for it. I'll go ahead and just let you know exactly how I put this kit together and what's inside of it, what I ended up with for my son. So uh, so that's what this episode is all about. So the first question had... Um, is like what what did people want to know what did I mean by like the velcro patch and, and being able to use it so 
So if you look at any of like the military patches that are there out there, whether it's like an American flag or if it's a unit patch or something like that, it's this rectangular patch. Just most people have seen like the American flag or sometimes like don't tread on me or whatever. But there's also these funny patches out there and they're meant to go on to tactical bags or hats and things like that. And there's, they're small. They're only about three inches by two and a half inches or so. It's approximately like that big. And, um, basically they have Velcro on one side and then whatever the, the logo or whatever it is or flag or whatever on the opposite side. And so you basically on any sort of a Velcro felt patch that you might have that this will stick right to it. So that's the patch that I'm talking about. Now when they have a Velcro side versus the sew on kind, there's a Velcro patch and then there is the, the, um, the material, the, the cloth material, um, part of the patch. And those are sewn together. So if you, if you're holding a, like the flag patch in front of you, by just, you can, you can actually don't even really need a knife. A lot of times you can just pull apart the stitching. But if you use a small knife, like an exacto knife or your, even just your, your pocket knife, you can separate the stitching along the top to make like a pocket. And you can use the inside of this patch to be able to conceal items that you would want to conceal. In this case, we're talking about an escape and evasion kit that's hidden. And so what you do is you just basically take the stitching at the very top, cut through it a little bit, and make that pocket, stuff it full of items, and then sew it back up, but you sew it with, you don't use a lot of thread. You don't want this thing to be super tight. You want it to be something that you can pull apart with your fingers if you need to get to that gear and you are tied up or or you know you don't have a knife on, you've been stripped of a knife, and things like that. And what I like about the Velcro patch for this is because it gives you a lot of versatility in where you actually are able to hide this patch full of escape and evasion gear. For example, like our sling pack that we have, um, it's our, it's actually our, our concealed carry sling pack now because we've, we've just redesigned it with a, without, with a hidden pocket in it. But if you've ever seen our sling pack, like if you ever bought one of our X-Bob uh, bug out bags or anything like that, those are the only people that really get a chance to see the sling pack because we don't really offer it to the to the public right now. But if you have one of the Xbobs and you most likely purchase one of these as well because it integrates with our with our bug out bag. But it's a great everyday carry bag with a hidden compartment in it. It helps you keep things in there, even your your firearm, and then get to it quickly because it's not a backpack. It, it's like a like it slings over from left to right or right to left, and you can quickly get it in front of you without taking it off. Now. Our pack has, and a lot of these these other like backpacks and things like that, you'll see this like felt patch on it that is about you know four inches by three inches or so on it, and that's meant for a unit logo or something like that if people want to put that on there. Now, again, if you are if you're traveling overseas, um, I don't recommend that you you wear like an American flag on it. You know, your your goal is to survive, not be targeted by predators and things like that. No, you want to go undercover. You want to be you want to be covert. You don't want people to see you as a potential target, whether that's a political opinion they have or they just see you as like, hmm, this you know, Americans are good ransom, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, and go ahead and 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 kidnap this person and hold them for ransom. So, um, so the sling so. My son has, uh, he's obviously going to bring one of our sling packs with him and, he, and there's one of these felt patches on it and he has kind of a funny patch that we use for this kit and it, it's basically like a zombie hunter patch, right? So no big deal there. It's kind of funny. It's something you would see a teenager wear, that sort of thing. So that's the one we use and it blends in with his actual pack for, uh, pretty well. So, um, so putting it on a, a tactical bag is one place that you could do this. 
Also, you will see tactical hats, a lot of, a lot of caps, like baseball caps that, again, have this, this rectangular felt patch on the front of it that's made for you to be able to put whatever, whatever logo or whatever patch that you want to put on it, US flag or something else, but it's right there on the front of the, um, of the bin, uh, of, I'm sorry, of the, uh, the cap. Actually, for the cap, what I recommend that people do is just, is sew in that Velcro strip underneath the cap. So it's not on the front of the cap, but you can take any baseball cap, just sew that Velcro in, and then you just put it on the inside of the cap so nobody ever sees it. Uh, the other thing that you can do with this is I have a rigger's belt that I wear, and a rigger's belt is like a tactical belt. It's a Velcro belt, so it basically, you know, you don't have holes in it like you normally would with a regular belt. Um, but it's one of my escape and evasion items that I have because it does have a place for, it has a triangular carbine clip basically that will allow you to, to take a carbine and put it into this triangle and use it to be able to extra, be extracted from an area. For example, if you're in an area that's heavily wooded or jungle or anything like that, um, and you need helicopter lift, um, Obviously, most of the time they're going to have some ability to get you up, but you can, uh, they can just put down a carbine or cable and you can put it onto your belt or put the belt around your, your, uh, underneath your arms or something like that and be able to use it to hoist you up. So the belt can actually become an extraction device. Or a lot of times what we talked about with people is if you have to, for example, um, if you're in a hotel and there's a fire or something like that and you can't get out the fire escape, if you can break a window, you can use 550 cord or any other set of cord, um, attach it to this carbiner, put it around your, your kids, underneath your kids' arms or something and lower them out of a window much more easily to be able to get them down to the ground, especially if you're using multiple people. So in any case, this rigger's belt has Velcro uh, on a good portion of it, like the felt kind. So really this patch can go on the back of your belt, um, just attached to that, to that, um, that Velcro strip. Um, if your hands are bound behind you and your belt hasn't been taken from you, then you could get to this patch right on the back of your belt. So that's another way that you could use it. Um, the other way you can use it is to put that felt patch for Velcro anywhere that you want. For example, you can put it, um, you can sew it into the bottom of pant leg that you have. That way you're like on the inside of the pant leg. That way your patch would actually be down near where your your shoes are, if you were tied up, again, your hands were behind you or something, you could get to that patch inside of your pant leg, and a lot of people aren't going to know that it's there. Even if they go to frisk you or whatever, they, they might not feel that patch, and you could have that covertly hidden. But one of the things that's really good about the Velcro patch also is that you can put it on all of those. You can transition from one place to another just by taking off the patch from one Velcro strip and putting it onto another. So if I have my sling pack, I might have it on there. But if I need to, um, you know, keep my sling pack behind because I'm in a department store where they won't allow me to have bags or something like that, I can quickly take it off, put it on the back of my belt or put it on uh, my cap and uh, transition that Velcro patch to anywhere that I want. All right. So that's what I like about the Velcro patch as a covert E&E escape and evasion kit holder. But now let's talk about what's inside of this small little patch, because I think you'd be surprised that I can f actually fit 10 escape and evasion items inside of this patch. And I'm going to give you those top 10 right after this special message. In any disaster, crisis or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. 
Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, and we are talking about a covert escape and evasion kit that my son has for overseas trip that he's taking, but you can use it as well for any sort of an urban evasion, urban escape scenario, that like kidnapping or anything like that that you might need it for. So let's go ahead and talk about what's in this kit. I have 10 items in here that you can put in here, and I'm just going to run down these right now and tell you what they are and what they're used for, okay? So the first one that I think a lot of people are expecting me to say, which it is in there, is a universal handcuff key. Now, a lot of abductions that happen, especially in, in countries where, like where my son is going, or it could even be just a hostage scenario somewhere else, um, in a lot of these countries, sometimes it's the police who are part of um, a kidnap squad, if you will. I mean, a lot of times they're, um, not a lot of times, but, you know, in, in a lot of places there are, um, you know, the there are cartels, drug cartels or things like that that use police for kind of carrying out some of their, their missions, if you will, or um, just getting money but through ransom and whatnot. And so you could be, you could be restrained with handcuffs. And when that happens, uh, having a universal handcuff key, especially one where you can take off the double lock on it, it's got a little pin that you can, you can, uh, disable the, the secondary lock on the handcuffs, um, is going to be a, it's a really small thing. It takes up no space, no weight whatsoever, and it can help you get out of handcuffs a lot more easily than trying to use a bobby pin or something like that to pick through them. So, so the first thing is, is relatively obvious, and that is a universal handcuff key. Now, the second item is something that I actually got from Jason Hansen in episode number 184, and I highly recommend that you go and get those show notes in the cheat sheet from that. Um, again, it's www.mcsmagazine.com slash 184, and those are the show notes for my interview with Jason Hansen that talks about more escape and evasion tips, especially for traveling abroad and things like that. But one of the things that, uh, one of the ideas that he gave me was to use a $100 bill and have that tucked away. And a hundred dollar bill because, if you didn't hear the interview, uh, because it's, it's, uh, Amer and the, the U.S. currency of a hundred dollar bill is easily recognized as, in, in, in countries as being valuable. So, 
Um, if you need to perhaps bribe somebody, whether it's a, a driver in a car or to use somebody's cell phone uh, quickly to, to get to contact help or something like that, flashing a 100 or even maybe getting somebody's bicycle or car or moped or whatever, a $100 bill might get that for you, right? So, uh, so it comes in really handy. It doesn't take up a lot of room. And inside of our kit is a $100 bill. Okay, item number three are three survival matches. So if you had no other gear and you're able to get away and you're able to escape, now you have to evade, you might need to, if you're, you might need to be able to start a fire if you need to, if you're hunkering down for the night or something like that and it's very cold out, you might be able to find a place that you can covertly have a fire to be able to keep warm. So that's one option for it. You might also need to uh, make a signal fire to be able to get help to you or something like that. So having three of these survival matches that work under um, extreme conditions. So in other words, the, the wind can't blow them out. I mean, the ones that I use, you can dunk them in water. Like you can light the match, then dunk it in water and take it out of the water and it'll relight by itself. So these matches are ones that... You, they don't go out. It's kind of like the old birthday candle that never goes out, no matter how, you, how often you keep blowing it. It's the same kind of thing. So I have three, three of those survival matches inside of a small, tiny little plastic, uh, plastic bag. Now inside of that little bag also is item number four, which is some a little bit of tinder. And I oftentimes use a little bit of. Um, they're like it's like fire starter tinder, so it starts re- really easy and it burns. A little bit better, but you can also use a little bit of lint or I have in the past used a little bit of tampon material because it's very compact. Um, and so I went ahead and, and, and cut a little bit of that off and put it inside of this bag too, just to have some sort of tinder to help make a fire. All right. The other thing I have inside of this little, little thing is, um, item number five, which is 10 feet of dental floss. So dental floss is one of those, those cool little, um, Cool little survival hacks because it's very strong. You can actually use it for cord. Um, 550 cord won't really fit inside of this patch very well. So I, what I did was I put some dental floss in there because I can use it to lash part of a like the main structure for a shelter if I need to. I can use it perhaps even to fashion a weapon out of it. But 10 feet of it is um, is takes up hardly any any room, but it can be used for cordage, and you can never have enough cordage. Okay, so that's item number five. Item number six is a backup means to be able to start a fire. And so what I have is a small Fresnel lens inside of here as well. And that's basically like a magnifying glass. It's a it's a thin piece of plastic that's used for magnification that you can use to start a fire when there's sun out. So it doesn't work in cloudy conditions. It's not going to work at night, but it's a really good backup if I've gone through my three other uh, matches and it's daytime and I'm able to use a Fresno lens to start a fire, I can use that as a magnifying lens to start a fire. Okay, item number seven is a ceramic scalpel. Now I say a ceramic scalpel because it's not going to show up as much in um, like a, any sort of a, uh, if you have to go through any kind of metal detector or anything like that, it could be like a military checkpoint or something like that. Now, if it's one of the ones at the airport, um, it could still be found. Uh, it's, you're not supposed to bring razors on the plane. So, um, inside of a regular kit, if you're not traveling with, by plane, I recommend that you use a small ceramic scalpel that can be used for cutting. It can be used for self-defense if needed and things like that. Now, I recommend that if you do want to chance it going through, then I recommend that you use like a rounded tip uh, ceramic scalpel. Um, if it's taken from you, 
you know, it, or first of all, if it's found, then it's not going to look as bad. It's not going to look as threatening if it's a rounded tip on it or something like that. Um, it's not necessary to have a pointed tip on it. Um, but it's really not TSA um, acceptable to have it. So I'm not recommending that you use this inside of uh, – actually, what I use for my son is a rescue tool that's used for like a seatbelt cutter because that it, that does have a razor inside of it, but it can be taken. Usually, you know, TSA is not going to mess around with you because it's covered. It can't be used as a weapon as it is and things like that. Now, it could be used as a weapon if you needed to, like – basically break it apart and use that razor. But nonetheless, it's not a readily available weapon. And so I don't recommend that you put a scalpel inside of this kit um, when you're traveling uh, through an airport. Um, but it's inside of this kit anyway, uh, just in case uh, somebody needs it. All right. Um, so that was item number seven. Item number eight is a condom because, hey, let's face it. I don't want my son coming back with any nasties, right? <laughs> I'm only kidding. Actually, you could probably uh, keep it for that reason, but it's not why I'm giving it to my teenage son. So it's another survival hack that you can use a condom as a makeshift water container uh, if you need to. Uh, obviously, if you are have no other gear on you and you're escaping and you're evading, especially if you're in like a southern area where my son is going to be, then it's uh, it can be very hot. You're going to get dehydrated very quickly. And you might not have a means, you're not going to have a canteen on you or a water bladder or anything like that. But a condom can be used as an improvised water container that you can take it, hook it up to a faucet or something like that and blow it up because it'll, it basically is a, is a really, really strong water balloon, if you will. Now I do recommend that you get the non-lubricated kind because you don't want, uh, I mean, it's not going to hurt you at all, but a lubricated condom, pulling that out and unraveling it is just, it's, it's all messy. So I recommend that you use a non-lubricated condom. Just have it inside of there, inside of your kit. And if you need to, you can use it for um, for holding water. You can put that inside of a cargo. You can kind of tie it off a little bit or clamp it off. And then you can uh, just go ahead and have it inside of a cargo pocket or inside a pocket for later use for, for drinking as well. Okay. Okay, to go along with that, you don't know what kind of water might be going into that, especially if you're in a foreign country, right? So just having um, a couple of water purification tablets, they're very small, these iodine tablets, having that in there as well is going to help you to purify the water you have, and that is item number nine on our list for the E&E kit, okay? All right, item number 10, our final item that's inside of here, is a P38 can opener. A P38 can opener. Why would I put that in there? One, it can be used as a um, to be able to get out of duct tape or something like that. If you weren't able to, uh, let's say that you were traveling and you couldn't bring a scalpel with you, but you and you didn't have your rescue tool on you because maybe that was what your keychain was and that was taken away from you or whatever it might be. Um, the P38 can opener, which if you don't know what that is, look it up online. It can actually be used for. Uh, well, it's it's an old military item. We used to carry it on our dog tags. I sometimes still do. I know of a lot of, a lot of guys that pull it out and, and have it on their dog tags. Uh, but it's it's a it's a tiny little metal can opener that you use with just your your thumb and 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 your forefinger, and that you can open up a can. It was used in the old days in the in the military when we had sea rations because those were the metal cans and you would you would have to open them up with a can opener. So this was the can opener that military got. All right, but you can use it for um, escaping. You can use it as a um, to be able to escape from from duct tape or co cutting cordage and things like that. It can be used for that, 
But the other thing is if you get away, if you're, you're escaping someplace and you're going to procure food, canned goods are going to be one of the best things that you're going to be able to get to, whether that's in a home or a, uh, you know, the lunchroom of a, of a building, whatever it is, you might need a can opener to get through it. And smashing that on rocks is a really, really bad way of trying to open up a can. So just having a simple P38 can opener will help you to be able to procure food and get to it to be able to maintain your energy and carry on your, your evasion route. Okay. All right. So those are the top 10 items just to go down them. Once again, uh, we have the universal handcuff key, a $100 bill, three survival matches, Tinder to be able to start a fire, a Fresnel lens for backup, a ceramic scalpel that you can use for cutting through stuff, a condom for an improvised water container, water purification tablets to be able to purify that water, and a P38 can opener to be able to get to food, and, of course, 10 feet of dental floss to be able to use for cordage that you need to. All right? So that's my top 10 list. But, again, I would like to hear from you about what you might put inside of your escape and evasion Velcro patch kit. What did I leave out that might still fit in there, if I can stuff anything else inside of it? Um, so I'd like to hear from you. So please go ahead and leave a comment on our blog about what you think about this kit as well as what your own kit might contain. Now, if you want to see the items that are inside of my kit and go ahead and use it as a handy-dandy cheat sheet, you can go ahead and, again, go get the show notes at www.mcsmagazine.com slash 185. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. <laughs> Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.